Success stories and interviews with game changers and thought leaders who have overcome both in life and in business. Welcome to Vertical Momentum. Another episode of Vertical Momentum. I'm your host, Richard Kaufman. Guys, this is going to be a great episode with my friend Christopher. We've been friends for years now, and he was one of the first people to ever have me on his show. So I'm truly grateful. If you got my book, you know that I talk about him in that book. So, Christopher, I'm so grateful for you, my brother. How are you doing today? I'm stellar, brother. Thank you so much for having me, Richard. You know what? Um, Since I knew you were coming on, uh, it's been Christopher Burns all the time. Uh, (laughs) I've listened. Your your episodes on your new podcast should should be going higher because I've listened to every single episode. I love it. Mastering the Man Within. Thank you, I love that. Hopefully I can get on that show sometime. Um, I'm so grateful for you. So how's your day going? I know you had a crazy weekend. So how's your Monday? So things, things are blessed, man. I'm super grateful. This, this weekend was actually a lot lot less crazy, but the weekend before I was out in Sedona and Tucson doing a a workshop out there and, and just bringing abundance mindset and consciousness to people so that we can uh, appreciate what we got, man. But I'm, I'm very, very grateful for all the opportunities and, uh, you know, I'm going on a podcasting tour now that I've launched my new podcast just less than a month ago. And I just focus on serving people, man. I think in today's disconnected world, what we need is more more connection more real people showing up caring and serving brother and you're getting married soon yes in june yes a month, month away man month in three days something like that <laughs> you got a beautiful bride you definitely outkicked your coverage by the way thank you thank you man i'm i'm very very blessed and we're, we're we're very excited to aim for having kids later this year as well aim to conceive in around september we're, we're we have a, our whole plan we're doing this like uh detoxing protocol just to make sure our bodies are the healthiest possible and then going after it <laughs> and, and i love it and, and by the way if you both take a supplement called l-carnitine yeah it actually it actually helps to, to swim a little bit faster Ooh. It, and it helps you both can conceive easier. And it's okay. All natural. So just wanted to throw that out there. Thank you, man. Any any tips always recommended. Bro. Well, like I, I was in the health and fitness industry for for over thirty years, and you ran worked. you ran you ran that store. You ran you ran things, <laughs> and it, and it worked a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Wow. So wow. All right. So tell tell us a little bit about uh, Christopher. Tell us where he was where you were born. Tell us yeah. about what little Chris was like as a kid. Wow, what a great question, man! And I think it's back machine. right, right, and it's it's perfect because we're setting up for the slingshot, right? That vertical momentum we we launching in here. Uh, so you know, pulling the slingshot back, 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 way back. And uh, I I was born in Southern California, and I uh, grew up in in Chino in the Inland Empire, and uh, I loved I loved being in Southern California, man. It was a lot of a lot of opportunity, uh, very very. Um, let's say middle class upbringing. Everything was was very comfortable. I'm super blessed. I had parents who were there for me. They were able to afford to put me into daycare and things like that. And so I, I had a very loving childhood. And I'm sure that there's all kinds of things that I could point to that say, oh, you know, I wish this would have been different, yada, yada, yada. But uh, especially as I'm going into being a parent myself, I'm just beyond words grateful and appreciative for everything that my parents did every every uh soccer or baseball or football or hockey practice that they took me to like man they they are the real 
heroes. Parents are the real heroes, and I'm I'm so grateful for them, man. So I loved loved technology, loved video games, loved uh, watching cartoons, anime, Dragon Ball Z, all that stuff, and and uh, I I was really just techie. And I I graduated from high school and decided I'd go get an electrical engineering degree and got that. And a lot of things happened right around that time of graduation that really changed the trajectory of my life forever, brother. So what? Uh, so how were you as a student? And, yeah, I, I was I was A's and B's. I had uh, I was in honors classes. I got selected for the the gate program, gifted and talented education program. So uh, I worked hard again. My, very, very grateful for my parents. They were diligent in making sure that my studies were always on point. And in a way, that was also something that I learned how to do that became a double edged sword because I, at a certain point, I said, you know, I'm going to do good enough so that my parents stay off my, my back, but not like really give it my all, you know? And so that was a, it was a habit that I developed of kind of being a, being good at, at looking good on the surface and even, you know, grades, like it's not just looking good. Like I have to deliver those grades. It's not, not just like go in and fudge the, the grade letter or whatever it might be. I like, I actually had to execute, to study, to, to make it happen, to do well on tests. Um, but I, I got good at making my parents happy. And as long as they were happy, they kind of left me alone to go play video games, stay up in my room, kind of be isolated. I was, I was really shy, man. I was, I was actually very intimidated about uh, the world and, you know, calling up for a dentist appointment and, you know, just talking to people who weren't in my immediate circle. And that was kind of crippling for me for a number of years, especially, you know, going through, through uh, college in the beginning of college. But I, I started breaking out as I, hang out with social people, social uh, events and raves and parties and stuff like that. But uh, definitely in the beginning was very, very shy, bro. Now, you know, I just interviewed a friend of mine, Tucker Bearden. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, last week. Yes. Truly amazing. Good dude. You know, we were talking that, you know, like I've had, now I've done hundreds of interviews on here. Yeah. Um, I find that leaders are readers. Mm. And most yes. people, you know, even if they've, Navy SEALs, commanders, you know, the people that have reached the top of their whatever industry is, it seems yeah. like they were readers from a young age. Yep. Were you yep. one of the readers? And what did you what did you read when you were a younger kid? Yes, sir. That's a great question. So my parents had uh, a series of unfortunate events by Lemony Snicket. I read that. I think before that even was Harry Potter. I was I was all into the Harry Potter series. Um, those were, I think, the two biggest ones that I was passionate about that I can remember. But I was I was pretty good with textbooks, pretty good with like memorizing information, and that that helped me establish myself when I got into personal development because I was one of the best that I knew at studying, dissecting, breaking down speeches of six successful people of the, I was in network marketing in the beginning. And so I was like trying to duplicate my, my mentors, my uplines of people who, who were successful. And so I did that by breaking down their speeches and crafting it to, to be my own speech. So I'm really good at retrofitting things. And like, I see kind of a, a, a working pattern and then I can adjust it and, and enhance it to make it more my own. So yeah, I would say the, the Lemony Snicket and Harry Potter were, were the big books for me. So are you saying that success leaves clues? Oh, man. <laughs> you could say that again, Richard. Success you know, leaves I, clues. <laughs> and like I said, I talked to Nicholas Barely last week of the, the oh, Dollar Brothers. Good dude. And what an amazing guy. And he's got an amazing yeah. story. And it's amazing that, you know, people that have messes in their life, mm. a lot of them change it to their message. 
Mm-hmm. So tell us about that dark period that you went through. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, you know, I've, I've shared the story a number of times on podcasts. So I, I really want to get present to it because at, at the time it was, it was one of the scariest things that I had ever gone through. And so I was going through a period of my life where I was just, I was rebellious. I didn't care what, who, who I hurt or, you know, what my parents thought I was smoking weed and drinking and going to raves. I was getting public intoxications and staying in the drunk tank overnight. And, you know, like I was, I was just not being the best version of myself by, by far. And, so I guess there, there just wasn't enough pain for me to stop going down that, that road, right? Like I had started doing personal development right before graduation, um, but I had been partying for about three, four, five years or so and, and you know, hanging around the same people. So I was kind of getting brought into those, in those circles, into those events and, and that kind of mindset. And you, you definitely are a product of the people who you surround yourself with, right? And I, I wasn't conscious about that. I didn't have business mentors when I was 20 years old. Like that was the farthest thing from my mind. I thought I was going to go to school, get a job and uh, work, work till I was 65 and then retire. That was the model that I had seen. So I think fundamentally my soul knew that, hey, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not meant to to go, quote unquote, be a slave. I'm not meant to go uh, be a prisoner to this um, rat race system. And so I was rebelling and doing all this stuff. And the final, I would say, um, rock bottom was right after I graduated college. I had my electrical engineering degree, the whole future right in front of me, uh, but I was still doing those old things. And so I went to a, a rave in Southern California and uh, I, I had a couple extra of the ecstasy that we were using at the rave. And next thing I know, I was, um, I was arrested. And I, I got taken by an undercover cop, right? Like didn't didn't see it coming or anything. And uh, I got taken to the San Bernardino County Prison. And so, uh, Richard, that was that was really my rock bottom moment of saying, okay, now this this just got real because this is not like oh public intoxication. This is not some tiny little misdemeanor. This could be something that like literally it's a felony on, on my record for the rest of my life. And, and, um, it was, it was my wake up call that I was breaking my parents' hearts. I was trying to pretend like I'm Mr. Tough guy. I'm invincible. Nobody could stop me. I had declared myself an atheist and like, I don't need love. I don't need God. I don't need nobody. Right. Like, but deep down inside, and I, I didn't know this at the time, but deep down inside, looking back, like, I was this wounded little boy who just didn't know how to fit into the world and felt like, you know, I had all this pain and frustration and anger that I hadn't been able to express. And so I had been getting it out in the only coping mechanism that I that I knew that felt good, that felt, you know, like whatever, but it totally wasn't in my highest and best good. And it wasn't good for people around me either. So, um, I spent two days in the County prison and uh, just prayed to God. And I said, God, if you get me through this, this terrible season of my life, like I promise I will dedicate the rest of my life to being the best version of myself and supporting others in reaching their greatness and, and being the best versions of themselves. Cause I, I knew at that time I heard that, that Zig Ziglar quote, if you can help enough people, get what they want then yes. you can have every, everything that you want. And yeah. so, um, it was in that moment, Richard, that I, I really shifted my path. I said, I won't, I will never go down that path again. I'll, I'll be the best version of myself. And, uh, uh nothing ever went on my record. The charges were dropped. The case was dismissed. It, it just kind of fell, fell out of existence. And, uh, I know that, that God angels, whatever, something was watching over me, uh, during that time to, to bless me through that, that season, Richard. Uh, you know, and I, I, I can so relate. And um, 
it's just, you know, there's something special about self-development, self-improvement. But, you know, I was listening to a podcast. You know, podcasters love other podcasters. But they yes. have, have people on their shows, other podcasters, for some reason. I don't know what that is. <laughs> um, but, you know, one of my big guys that I love, I listen to every episode is Ed Milet. Oh, yeah. And he was oh, yeah. about, you know, sometimes there's some people that go to all his events. They show up at, on the front row mm. and they're they go to all these self-development, they buy every course, they buy every book, but they don't do anything about it. Mm, yep. So what were some of the actions? Cause now we can all yeah. say, you know, we're going to, uh, I'm going to quit drinking. I'm going to get better. Yeah. What were some of the actions that you had to take in those first days? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the very first thing that I, I think I had going for me is humility to say, Maybe I don't know everything, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe. Right. And, and, uh, that, that humility was big, but, um, I think even let's say before that or more important than that was the awareness, the awareness that I'm off track, right? That's, that's number one. First, I have to be aware that my life is not going where I want it to be. And ultimately that I have the, the power to choose something better. I think that here's something for your listeners. Like if you think that you can't change a situation, you're powerless to a situation, then that is your fate, right? That is, that is your destiny. If you decided that, if you choose that, if you uh, believe that that is the only truth and there's no way to change anything about it, no matter what you do, you're powerless around it, then that will be your reality. And I know for anyone who's creating that vertical momentum, you have to believe that it's possible. Whatever it is that you're going for is possible. So first off, I believed that some something better for my life was possible. I had already kind of started that trajectory with personal development. Like I'm going to be great. I'm going to live a great life. I'm going to be free. And then I hit this rock bottom kind of like, let's say if you're climbing up the mountain <coughs> and then you fall through a ravine and you hit this, this bottom and the spikes and you're like bleeding. You're like, Oh shoot. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta fix myself up. I gotta get back on, onto the, to the high road. Right. I gotta, I gotta heal up. And so I had the awareness and I also had the acceptance that, you know, I, I need help. And so the very first thing that I, I did um, was was really start seeking how do I uh, get myself into a better situation? And initially it was because I, I wasn't sure what was going to happen with the court system. So I said, well, I better start going to Narcotics Anonymous. I better start doing good things, going to Toastmasters, you know, like pump up my resume, so to speak, to make it look like, again, you know, looking good. I was, I was an excellent, excellent at seeing what needs to be changed and what, what gets to be on that resume. And I, so I started doing that and uh, going to Narcotics Anonymous. That was a, that was a big thing to just kind of again, humble myself and say, you know, I'm not better than anyone here. Like I, I have gone through these challenges and if I keep going down this road, I will keep winding up in a place like this. So um, that was one thing that was big is I was already going to personal development events, always reading. But I would say that this event, this rock bottom really um, made me convicted, so to speak, towards my my truth, towards love, towards uh, empowering others, towards being around the right people as well. And so I, I started going to Toastmasters. That was big. Another key for your audience is take on leadership opportunities, volunteer, say, how can I do more? I, I don't want to just be an attendee. I don't want to just be a member. I want to be, I want to be a volunteer. I want to, I want to help set up. I want to help break down chairs. I want to help whatever run in the background. I want to, I want to be a leader here, not just another follower, not just another member. 
in Toastmasters, I said, let me be the secretary, right? So I, I became the secretary and started taking notes in Toastmasters. Then I became the vice president of education, which I did about 12 months of that and 12 months uh, on weekly meetings, two hours a week. And I was helping to set the schedule for, for the members. And that was a pretty big responsibility for someone brand new to Toastmasters. I'd only been in there for, I think like nine months or something like that. So that was, that was big. And then the other thing is consistency, Richard. If someone out there is not getting the results, if you're listening right now and you're not getting the results that you want, then number one, have patience with yourself if you're doing the right things, right? If you feel good and you feel like you're making uh, progress, you're, you're showing up for the basics, then just have patience with yourself. And that was really hard for me at 22 years old. I had zero patience. I was like, I want it yesterday, right? Uh, and then the other thing is, is the consistency. Toastmasters taught me discipline and consistency and showing up for every single meeting and uh, just being there, being there to fulfill my duty. So those are a couple of the big keys. You know, I, and I, I've been sober now or clean 30, 32 years. Congrats, man. Congrats. And, you know, they always say that, you know, the, the good stuff is before the meetings. Mm. After wow. the meetings. that's where wow. the good stuff is. Amen. Amen. And, you know, once I got my, started turning my life around when I was in the military, um, I would get to, I would get to formation two hours early. Mm. I would stay two wow. hours late. Yes. Because yes. I wanted to do what the winners did. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, I'm guessing since all this happened that, you know, now that you're in the person going to Toastmasters, you're not going to raves after the Toastmasters. No. So sometimes no. you have to, it's called addition by subtraction. Mm. So d tell us about, you know, I'm sure there were guys or girls and guys, hey, yeah. you know, bro, me and you, you know, clubbing. And you're like, no, uh, I'm good. I'm yeah. changing my life. So what was that like? Because a lot of people struggle with that, you know, and they don't realize that, you know, if, if you hang out in a barbershop long enough, you're going to get a haircut. So, <laughs> so good. You, you know, when you had to step away from your friends, yeah, it, it might have been a little bit lonely at first. So talk to us about that. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me let me share that. Actually, a lot of the the best friends that I had, especially in in high school, um, it was it was pretty ugly breakups, right? Like they they just completely stopped talking to me for for various reasons and and at different stages along the journey, right? For for whatever reasons they had, but um, you know, it was it was really painful. Right. It was like heartbreaking. I was like, I thought we had something better than this. Like I'm over here stepping into the best version of myself, trying to be trying to be a better version and uh, committed to being a better version, taking uh, every day, taking massive action, doing my affirmations, doing my journaling, doing all this stuff like like do you guys want to come. Do you guys want to come hang out? Do you want to feel good? Do you want to feel empowered? Do you want to like create the life of your dreams? And like I got made fun of. Right. I got I got ostracized, ostracized by the group. Like I got basically kicked out, excommunicated by the group and and nobody wanted to hang out with me anymore. And so it was super lonely, man. And it was it was a uh, very painful, very, very like isolating. Like I said, you know, that that shyness uh, really kind of took its toll on me in the beginning of my journey. And I, I was isolated in my room and just feeling really dark and, and uh, not not fulfilled. We'll, we'll definitely say that. And I didn't really have great, uh, I hadn't built an, up a, a network of empowering people like yourself and Dr. Robert Garcia and, uh, you know, amazing people all around us. Like I hadn't built that up yet. Um, so to let go of what was comfortable 
but also dragging me down. I saw that it was, it was draining me and not even for me, like let go, but it was, it was kind of ripped from me. I, I, I wanted to keep building the relationship, but they didn't want to. And, um, and that was, that was painful, man. So I had to really go through a process of grieving and I didn't know how to process those emotions. Thankfully I had some people in, in Toastmasters and invested tens of thousands of dollars into like personal development, growth and education, going to landmark, going to uh, new peaks, millionaire mind experience, different events like that. And just like investing to be around like-minded people. And that's, that's for me, I feel like what really accelerated my trajectory was the willingness to invest my time, my money, my energy, whatever it takes, you know? And, and I think there might be a conception out there for people who, uh, who have heard about coaching and live events and things like that, that you got to invest big dollars and go into debt and things like that. No, you don't, you don't have to, you can, you can actually negotiate your way, your way in. You can volunteer, you can ask, how can I support? How can I um, help offset the, the costs of my ticket? Depending on the size of the organization, typically a smaller organization will be more willing to kind of work with you, but bigger stuff like Tony Robbins or something like that may, may be a little bit more challenging, but uh, that's, that's what I did, man. I just really committed myself to being around like-minded people. And here's another thing for, especially for the men out there or even single people all around. Uh, I, I went six years without having a girlfriend from 18 to 24. I did not have a girlfriend. I had a couple of, of hookups, you know, nothing, nothing serious, but uh, I didn't have a girlfriend. And that was purely because I was working on myself. I was mastering myself. I, I had self-esteem issues, self-confidence issues. I had another girlfriend when I was 24 and uh, that lasted a, a couple months and then said, okay, nope, back to the drawing board. It's clear. I'm not not yet ready for relationships, still a little codependent, still a little wounded and and uh, not able to really be my full self and without feeling some kind of way, right? And so that was at 24. And then at 26 years old is when I met Petia. And that was, uh, you know, she's the woman of my dreams is about three, three and a half years ago. And uh, that was that was a big process, man, of, of being willing to let go of let's say mediocre or even good, right? Like I had some good memories with these friends, but being willing to let that go and not keep trying to drag them back into my life when clearly they're not excited or willing or aligned with that outcome. And because of that, because of that willingness and knowing that I deserve love, I deserve great people around me, I deserve great epic best friendships and great partnerships and great uh, clients and all that great stuff, then I knew I would track the woman of my dreams. And I did. You know, and I love that. And, you know, like me, before I met my wife, and well, now we're married for 11 years and got three beautiful children, um, mm. I screwed up a lot of relationships. And yeah. when I yeah. sat back and I wrote my book and I started thinking, damn, you know, I've been through all these relationships and I'm the common denominator. Mm. <laughs> so, then, yep. you know, if you're the common denominator, then, you know, you're the problem and you, yes. need, you need to get changed. You need to change yourself. And it wasn't until I, I asked myself, am I the kind of man that my wife deserves? Ooh. Ooh. Instead of saying, oh, is she the right woman for me? Boom. You know, I had to think, you know, what kind of, you know, man am I, you know, because like her father just passed on, on Saturday and we're in the process of, of uh, her and Birmingham. And I promised to myself, I promise you, Joe, I'm going to take care of your daughter and your grandkids. Wow. But when you start saying, what, you know, it, am I good enough for her? Mm. And you change the dynamic. Yeah. And when you start becoming self-aware. Yep. You know, I got, you know, I'm not a big Grant Cardone guy. 
but I just read his book, uh, 10X. And the yep. thing I got out of it, and I tell my listeners all the time, if you're listening to this from now on, everything that happens in your life is your fault. And oh, you, yeah. And when, Ooh, you, yeah. You know, when you stop blaming others yeah. is when you become free. Yeah, one of the, one of the trainings that I heard it, it it's called the five or ten second miracle. What's the five second miracle? When you take a hundred percent personal responsibility for yourself and your life and everything that happens, you created everything. That's when you will experience this miracle. It takes a couple seconds to just decide. I am 100% responsible for everything in my life. Now, that's not to mean that the things that happened to you in the past are like, it's it's not some burden. You shouldn't be ashamed about it. You don't have to be guilty about it. You don't have to carry it as this cross to repent for for the rest of your life. But you get to say, I created that. So what am I choosing to do differently moving forward so that I can create a different reality? Because if I created that, I'm choosing not to create that again. I, I'm, I'm complete with that. I've healed from that. I've let that go. I've forgiven myself and others for going through that. And now what do I choose to create? So that that forgiveness and completion of the past, Richard, is, is a game changer. So that's another thing that I would really recommend for your, your listeners. And if anyone has any questions on that, like how to go through that process, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of different ways, but ultimately I think it's really the intention and maybe it's praying, maybe it's, you know, closing your eyes and visualizing, sending that person love, doing the Ho'oponopono prayer, which is a game changer as well. It's, it's definitely something that served me over the years with uh, challenging relationships, you know, uh, failed partnerships, broken up partnerships, things like that. And it's, uh, Ho'oponopono, for anyone who doesn't know, it's, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. Or, I'm sorry, I forgive you, thank you, I love you. Either way, it's, I'm sorry, forgiveness, thank you, I love you. And that's that's super powerful, brother. It's it's really changed my life. And, you know, one thing I think about, the reason why the 12-step works, you know, and, and I talked, I did an episode a couple weeks ago, the three things that can change your life in the next 30 days Yeah, is once is forgive everybody that's ever hurt you. Mm. Number two is ask for forgiveness and yeah. attempt to make it everything right, which of oh. course you can't make everything right. But as long as you're making the attempt. And the third thing is to forgive yourself. And mm. I think that's the hardest part is yeah. self-forgiveness. Because, you know, we carry that rucksack around and we wonder why we're not getting ahead in life when mm. we just keep adding bricks into the rucksack. So, so, you know, cause I, you know, one thing I love about you, cause I remember your 12 hour marathons yep. and there were so many great people that, that you had on there and it was yes. such a wide variety of people. So, you know, and I think, you know, podcasting is, it's like getting an MBA in life, yep. free, <laughs> yep. you know, I mean, yes. you know, I'm a, I'm a ninth grade dropout and I'm having eight wow. and nine figure earners wow. come on and drop golden nuggets you know yep so yep. talk to us about you know how you started getting into that you know because all of a sudden you were like omnipresent you were yeah. everywhere and it yeah. was on purpose yeah it wasn't yes. an accident so so uh, I, like i said i had a, a partnership and and we ended up going our separate ways uh, last year in april in 2020 so that's why i don't do in the 12-hour live stream anymore but i i bless the entire experience man because from from the day that we had been a partner or created our partnership, like we really strove and and 
efforted to do everything in the most impactful epic way as possible to really transform people's lives at the deepest level and so when we were in a in a place of committed to generating more awareness more attention and uh, more income growing growing our business and, and attracting more clients we said what can we do to to get people's attention and i had already been doing facebook lives and they they were getting great traction and so we came up with the idea of doing a 12-hour live stream uh that was the very first one facebook live stream just to like really educate people teach them the basics the principles of personal development and empower them to be their their best versions of themselves and so that that first live stream was such an epic uh, experience you know i think there was like i don't know six thousand views hundreds of comments hundreds of likes engagements all that good stuff it was it was just a really great experience and so we said uh, wow, that was that was stellar. How can we keep doing this? How can we grow this? How can we serve and impact more people? And so I think it was about a week later that we did our next one. And it was it was powerful. It was we got into this rhythm and this routine, figured out the right technology. That was another thing is I was willing to go the extra mile to have the the show look really great. I had this branding overlay on it that that made it stand out from other live streams. And this was like three years ago, four years ago when there wasn't a whole lot of customization there wasn't you know uh, uh like the the restream and the stream yard and all these other services the the belive.tv you know i think that was still pretty new and there wasn't a whole lot of customization on that so it was it was pretty pioneer to show up with these graphical overlays and have have a have you know the the flyer of the 12 hour live stream who was getting interviewed on there so i, I think we after that first very first one we just said hey it's going to be challenging for us to fill this content every single week like let's let's get more people on even in the first one we had people calling in and participating and some good friends and and influencers and coaches and things like that and so we just started building this machine the system to be able to help people get their message out and make an impact in the world and uh, we started generating revenue from it and doing ads and and having people invest to be on the 12-hour live stream as well and so it was a it was a great run and ultimately like you said that that omnipresence like it was just showing up all day long on a Wednesday and it was so different. It was so unique and it was, it's definitely one of the things that I'm most proud of and, and grateful for the experience and all the networking, all the connections like with you and other epic human beings like Elliot Hulse, who I had looked up to for a long, long amount of time and just teaches about men's work and things like that. So it's, it's great, man. It was, it was a great experience. Now, of course, you know, of, you know, now everything has changed. Yeah. Facebook with its algorithms. Um, you know, it used to be if you did a Facebook live, you would get 500 people watching it. Right. And, right. And now it's crickets. Yeah. Uh, it's because the algorithm and everybody's doing Facebook lives. Yep. Those, so, you know, now clubhouse, which I'm, I'm huge on clubhouse um, yeah. started. So now, you know, cause sometimes, you know, like they say, you know, Mike Tyson said, everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the mouth. <laughs> and, uh, yep. so how did you have to figure out all right all of a sudden you know i'm i'm talking to people that are changing the game changing yeah. the world and all of a sudden it comes to a complete complete screeching halt mm. what was your next step yeah so a lot of people that they, they something fails yeah and then you know like i was talking to a guy his name is rich Davini. And yeah. he's a Navy Se Navy SEAL commander. And he said, you know, when you're in battle, you know, there's something called the three-minute rule. 
if something happened bad to you, you're allowed three minutes. And then that's it. You got to get up moving again. <laughs> yes. You know, because the bullets don't care if you're depressed or if you're down. Right. So right. what was your um, reaction and what was your next actionable step? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the, it, 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 there's a principle that one of my clients, Cameron, he's in our elite men mastermind that I, I use with him. I leverage with him because he's so visionary and future focused. And so he's really passionate about building this sustainable hemp farm with bees that are like in, interacted in. And he has this like big vision for it and, and uh, serving and impacting a lot of people's lives with it. So I keep reminding him of that vision of that why. And I think that's what really drove me, Richard, is like I was I was connected to who I freaking am. And there's nothing there is nothing that's going to stop me from getting through this. Right. That being said, like the, the April last year, whatever, everything was shutting down and life just happening and and business partnerships breaking and ending and all that stuff like yeah, it was, it was tough, man. I'm going to get to the grieving in a second. But before that, like I had this foundation that I've been building for eight years of like Man, I'm I am hardcore personal development junkie leader influencer person who who shares this and inspires others. Like this is this is my uh, trial by fire. This is my moment of truth. Like I can't let a a failed project stop me from my greatness and stop me from serving people. Right. That's another thing is like my why I, I know my why of living the most amazing life, traveling around the world with my queen, with our kids, being able to provide the absolute best for them, the highest level of nutrition and experiences and all that good stuff. And also uh, being able to create services that impact people's lives. I have, I have the, the gamification of life and helping people level up in their personal development and play the game of life and win and things like that. So that's that was all I'd been telling people about that for years. Right. And so just because a vehicle fails to get me to that destination, that result doesn't mean I'm just going to, you know, jump off the, the side of the road and quit, you know, and, and some people choose that. And I, I imagine that they're in a lot less supported, less um, empowered, less uplifted place. And they really have have some deep, deep uh, wounds and trauma and feelings and emotions that they have to go through. And some of them, they see that the, the best way out is to take their life. And uh, I know Petia, my fiance, she has dealt with uh, suicidal thoughts. She, she attempted to take her life. She had an uncle who committed suicide and, and there's people all around her, her family, um, it, where suicide is very prevalent for me, um, personally. So it, it wasn't, it wasn't even a thought. It wasn't even a possibility, right? Like I may have had these thoughts when I was in my teenage years, just cause I didn't know any better, but like, I'm like, dude, I, I got an amazing life. I'm so freaking blessed. So in April of last year, Richard, I, I knew I, I need to disconnect from the world. I need to disconnect from everything that's going on. I get to come home to myself. I get to nurture my broken heart. Cause let me tell you, it's not like this was a joke. It's not like, Oh, you know, let's like hunky dory go on to the next project. No, it was, it was a, it was a five-year partnership that didn't work out and it was heartbreaking and it was devastating. And, um, I was really, really sad. And so I took that time for over about, I don't know, six months or so maybe five months from about April till um, October. I, I went to my family's cabin in Northern California twice for three months or three weeks each time. So I was there six weeks just to go be in nature, just to go recover, just to go love myself, just to go slow down. And so that was a really big 
healing time for me. I did a lot of Ho'oponopono, a lot of forgiveness for myself and my ex-business partner. And that was, that was huge, man. So, um, that was big. And after that, giving myself that space. And by the way, uh, I want to speak to the listeners because not everyone can go take three weeks off twice uh, over the period of four or five months. And I get that. So do what you can, right? If you, if you can only take a couple hours to yourself on a, on a Saturday or a Sunday or whatever day of the week and just go out to nature and, you know, be with yourself, go, go cry, go yell, go get that emotion out, go feel it, go be with it. Don't try to run from it. Just be like, man, this is where I'm at. It sucks. I don't want to be here, but you know what? I'm just going to feel it. That was a, that was a big thing for me. And I, I just want to remind everyone to, to feel it. But after that five months, Richard, I said, okay, what's next? And I knew that for me, I didn't have a, a men's community because like my previous friends who, who stopped having uh, values alignment with me, they had left and they had disconnected themselves from me. So I said, you know, I feel like I've been missing a brotherhood for a number of, of years. Like I'm going to create it, you know, I'm going to create something where I feel charged up and connected with bros and Kings and warriors, these magicians who are creating their reality lovers who are just so tapped into, to their uh, aliveness and their life force and their art, all of it, right? King warrior, lover, magician. I'm going to connect with these guys and I'm going to be a leader amongst them and allow them to lead me in their gifts and their genius. And together we're going to rise together. We're going to be the men mastermind together. We're going to change the world. Uh, you know, I, there's so many, so many different questions I have. Um, <laughs> Cause you know, I have that mind that whenever I talk to somebody, I close my eyes and it, and it's just like a movie playing. So I'm, yeah. I'm picturing everything that you're talking about. Wow. And, you know, and I, I listen and I hang on to every word that you say. Mm-hmm. And you, you've said the word epic six times already. <laughs> and, um, and I, and the reason I say that is because, you know, I had a chance to talk to a billionaire and we we're sitting and playing cards one night. He, you know, and we were talking, he says, you know, a lot of people ask me a lot of questions. Do you have any questions? And I'm like, you know, what's the difference between a billionaire and a poor person? Mm-hmm. And he looked at me. He said, there's two things. He said, one is their vocabulary. Mm-hmm. He says, you know, poor people have a different vocabulary than yeah. rich people. And when you change your vocabulary, you change your life. And then he, the other thing he said, he said, never ask why not. Always mm. ask, how can I? Wow. So, you know, you're, you, you know, the words that you use are so important in every day, every, you know, your everyday vocabulary. If you say can't in your vocabulary a lot, you're probably not succeeding. Mm. So what are your thoughts on the words that you're saying and how you do the words that you use while you're talking to yourself and about, you know, because I find that sometimes you, you, there may not be somebody else to talk to. So the, the words that you're saying to yourself is way more important than anything else somebody else is saying. To yeah. Yeah. Well, let me, let me just give you a, a practical golden nugget and then I'll explain a little bit more about the context. A lot of my, my clients and, and at retreats and stuff like that, when people say and share a limiting belief, typically it's something from the past. Like, oh, I can't, I can't do blah, 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 whatever. I can't uh, get that many clients. I can't make that income. I can't lose the weight. I can't achieve the goal or dream, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then I, I add on, right. It's not, it's not negating it. I say in the past, 
in the past, right? So now we're we're creating this this separation. We're creating this line in the sand, this demarcation. In the past, I would blank and whatever that was, I couldn't blank. And now blank. Okay. So in the past, I, I couldn't lose the 10 pounds. And now I'm releasing the 10 pounds with ease and flow and grace. And it's just, oh, it's just flying off. Or in the past, I struggled to earn money. And now money comes to me for all the right reasons in increasing quantities through multiple sources on a continuous basis, right? Like whatever the affirmation is. So that's a big one that can just shift people's realities. And, it, and I swear, especially at retreats when we're around people and able to hang out with them for a number of hours or days at a time, you can really start picking up on the on the little ticks and the little, uh, let's say, uh, limiting beliefs and programs that are that are running. It's programs, right? These are programs in our mind that are running that are sabotaging people's lives. And so uh, being able to shift that, being able to have a, a, a leader or a coach like yourself, Richard, or, or myself around us who can distinguish where is a ineffective, faulty, old, limiting program running the show? And when can we shift that? We can shift that right now. We can we can let that old program go right now. And it might take some some practice, might take some repetition, right? There's there's deeper and deeper levels on all this stuff. But I want to share that practical tactic because for me, I use this arsenal with with myself, with my life and my clients to build a world, right? I love building worlds. I love I love being able to create a world of success, uh, create a world of of someone's vision of what's possible, of what it's like when they achieve it, right? And so I'm I, that's my genius, man. Like I I love creating worlds and if people are feeling lost or not connected with their vision, their purpose, if they're feeling depressed, if they're feeling unhappy, dissatisfied, whatever, the, the motivation's gone, the energy's low, like they're not connected with what's possible. They're not connected with their vision. They're not connected with serving people with their gifts. And so for me, one of the things that got me through tough times is saying, I got more to give, man. I got I got more service to give. I got I got more gifts to give. I got more love to give. I got more contribution to give. There's people out there who are suffering, who are dying, literally taking their life. And if I don't intervene, if I don't show up, and and make a difference. If I don't show up and just say, "Hey, you're not alone. You don't you don't have to suffer through this alone. You can you can talk to a friend. You can talk to a brother. You can talk to a coach. You can talk to a mentor. Whatever. Um, then that that changes lives. That literally shifts someone's world. So what I love to do is create worlds. I love to create communities, which is a world. I love to create uh, masterminds, which is a, a world in itself and has a container, has this culture, has this conversation that goes on, uh, like our elite men mastermind. And and I think that's so important. And I know you're you're creating a world here with this vertical momentum podcast. It's a world that people step into. They get into your world. They get into these guests' world. And I think that's one of the most powerful assets that we have and can share with our tribe. You know, and I love that. And um, I hear a lot of people, and I'm going to call it what it is. It's BS. I <laughs> yes. people say, well, I can't find oh, yeah. it or I can't. Oh, yeah. um, I can't afford to hang out with, you know, these masterminds. And mm. then had a neuropsychologist come on and said, if you took five of the, the top people in whatever industry you are and listen to their podcasts and if you listen to their talks and their TEDx's for six months, Ooh. your mind does not know the difference whether they're there for real wow. or or if they're just somebody that you're listening to a podcast, your mind doesn't know any different. 
So eventually they be, you become part of their five and they become part of your five. So what are your on, you know, um, mentorship, which is, I'm very big on mentorship. Oh yeah. You know, and like, and eventually, you know, I'm finding that if you work hard enough and you do the right things, um, that the people that you idolize are eventually going to be, you're going to be on their same level. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, and I'm sure that, you know, like I have the honor to be able to meet, you know, Gary V. You know, I I had the honor to get invited to come down and hang out with Ed Milet. But if you don't start, you can't get anywhere. You know, Mm. commercial out there says you doesn't have to be, you don't have to be great to start, but you got to start to be great. That's right. So talk to us about, you know, there's people out there that they want to do this or do something great, but they're afraid to take that initial step. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll share one thing that hanging around or listening to successful people do. And here's a, a formula I got in one of my, my trainings, happy to share more about this with anyone who, who's curious, but um, it's, there's, there's uh, three things that you get to do to really master yourself and keep growing your, your uh, mindset, your success level. And it's reading books, listening to audios and going to events, right? Those are the three things that can really transform people's lives when done consistently over time, right? Frequently and consistently over time. And so what those three things do when you're, you know, reading books, when you're listening to audios, when you are are at live events, of course, you are around other people's frequency, their heightened frequency, their heightened level of thinking, of viewing the world. They're more resourceful. They're more empowered. They're more happy. They're more fulfilled. They're more successful. They're more wealthy. All these times, they're more healthy. Whatever it is, the goal that you desire, like you said, if you if you hang around these five people who have podcasts and listen to that every day over the next six months, whatever it is, you will become like them, more like them. So that's that's super key. And there's two things that are happening right there. One of those things is you're increasing your belief that it's possible right? You're increasing your belief because if we don't believe it's possible, then why would we invest any more time and energy to do it, right? So the more we educate ourselves on what's possible and who out there is already doing similar things to us and what we want to do, then the more empowered we'll we'll be and the more we will believe that we can do it, which is huge. So number one is increased belief. The second thing has to do with the negative side of the belief spectrum, which is resistance. And you, when you're hanging around these people, when you're listening to audiobooks, when you're going to live events, when you're having coaching conversations, you are reducing your resistance because left to our own devices, we're going to come up with all these different reasons why we can't or or shouldn't or blah, 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 right? Why we are not able to do the thing that we want to do. And that's resistance. It's, it's doubt, it's limiting beliefs, it's hesitation, all those things. So when you are listening to books or reading books, listening to audios and going to live events, you are increasing your belief and you are reducing your resistance. So when you hang around other people, Richard, it's a game changer, man. It's been one of my my greatest tactics along this journey is to just appreciate, to celebrate, to send a DM. It doesn't matter if you get a response. Send a DM to Lewis Howes. That's what I was doing in the beginning of my journey because I was like, man, you're doing awesome work. School of Greatness, this show is epic. Like, I want to be like this when I grow up. I, you know, quote unquote, <laughs> I want to be like this show. Like, I would send him a DM. I would, I would say thank you for his show. I would repost his stuff. Man, that's that's huge. Pay it forward. 
let people know in your tribe, in your circles about the content and the stuff that you value. It's one of the greatest ways you can elevate your status as an authority. You don't have to have all the answers, but if you can point people to great stuff, to empowering stuff, the stuff that changes their lives, you could be that person who gets thanked, who said, man, I don't know if you remember this, but you shared an event with, with on your Facebook page. You didn't even know that I saw it, but I, I, I met you at that event and it changed my life forever. And now I'm doing all these epic things. So I really think that that's key, man, is surrounding ourselves with other like-minded people and uh, definitely reach out to people. The other thing I wanted to mention is, you know, people might have better skill sets and, and be more wise and experienced in certain areas, but that doesn't mean that they're better than you, right? So that's, that's another thing in today's uh, podcasting and YouTubing and social media and speaking and personal development worlds is sometimes we can put these people on a pedestal, right? Like Tony Robbins or Brennan Burchard or Russell Brunson or Dean Graziosi, whoever, right? And the more we put them up on a pedestal in our own mindset, in our own perspective, the farther they are out of reach from, from us. So if we say, hey, Tony Robbins, he's just a guy just like me. Is he doing some great stuff? Heck yeah. Has he been at this for 30 freaking years or whatever it is or more? Heck yeah, he has. So so he he deserves the accolades and the the track record and the the audience that he's built up and and the impact that he has created. So given enough time, given the right strategies, given given being around the right people, uh, we can create that exact same thing. So it's important that we recognize, hey, just because Richard has this podcast and he's interviewed hundreds of people, just because Christopher has interviewed eight hundred people on his on his twelve hour live stream, doesn't mean that they're better than me. It just means that they've been more experienced at their craft. But when I go up and talk to Richard, when I go up and talk to Christopher, when I go up and talk to Tony Robbins, whoever, I'm going to talk to them like they're another human being. I'm going to acknowledge them because I appreciate the work that they're doing in the world. I'm going to, I'm going to say, thank you for being you. I'm going to say, you know, like, how can I support you in, in your mission? I'm going to, I'm going to care. Right. And I think that's something that a lot of people get, uh, they, they bypass in this journey is like, Hey, these are people just like you on the other side. So be human with them. Be be like you're standing in a coffee shop with them and ask them, hey, how are things are going? And you may not get a response back. And and don't take that personally, right? If you don't get a response from from me or Richard or Tony Robbins or whoever, right? Like don't don't take it personally. Well, I know Richard and I would do our best to respond to everyone, but if you didn't, don't take it personally. Be committed to keep showing up on that rate on that person's radar. Cause let me tell you what. I notice, Richard, I'm sure you do too. I notice people who are freaking tenacious and keep showing up and keep sharing and keep commenting and keep liking and, and you know, hearting. That's what I did to create the success that I've gotten today to get amazing guests on my show. And uh, I just really invite everyone who's listening to do that as well. And for me, you know, like I have you on the show, but, you know, we've been friends for years now. Yeah. But for, you know, for somebody, if I just have them on the show, that's when the relationship just starts yep you know it's where it's it's just the beginning and i think you know building relationships is the most important thing in the world now i want to talk about your podcast i also want to talk i want to i want your opinion and then i want to ask you some questions because i i I really loved one of your posts that you put out the other day and i wanted to talk about it um and I want to talk about your podcast and especially your last episode. I want to have a particular question I want to ask about it. Um, but there's a difference between being a grown male and being a man. Mm. 
talk to us about the difference. You know, you could be a 33 year old male. Yes. But you're nowhere near being a man. Right. So yeah. what is the uh, difference between a man and yeah. a man? So, so what I hear when you share that and in, in my perspective is that a grown male could be, you know, like you said, a 30, 40 year old person who still has not yet taken responsibility for his life. And I think that's the, one of the biggest distinctions between being a boy and being a man. A boy is child ish in the sense that everyone else's responsibility, like everything in my life, that, that's what a, that a adult boy would say. Everything is their responsibility. I'm just going to, you know, coast on people's successes. They're they're I'm entitled, right? Like they're going to do it for me. And I just get to, uh, I, I deserve this because just because I'm born, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that's a, that's an adult male and a man. I believe a man is someone who really shows up to serve, who knows who he is, what his values are, knows what he's here to do, the mission he's on, and also knows the, the value that he has to provide to people around him. He's confident in that he's grounded in that. He knows that it's not just blowing smoke up people's butt, right? It's not, it's not just, Hey, look at me. I'm Mr. Tough guy. It's not, it's not muscles. That's not what makes a man, right? It's not, it's not ego. It's not bravado. It's not macho ism. It's not how many steaks you can eat. It's not how many, uh, you know, guns you have. This is all, th these are all byproducts of who you're being and who you're being as a man. That's someone who really takes stock in who he is, the quality of people that he ha has around himself, the contribution that he's making to his community, and ultimately the legacy that he's leaving, Richard. How about you, man? Uh, you know, I love it. And, you know, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a born again Christian. So God, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And in the Bible, it says, you know, Jesus was meek. He wasn't weak. And the difference yep. is, you know, meekness is power under mm. control. Mm. So, you know, at one second, Jesus could be holding a lamb, but then a second, he's also flipping tables. Yep. <laughs> you know yep. what I'm saying? So sometimes a man has to step up to be a man, but, you know, it's kind of like if, if you own a, uh, a McLaren, you know, you don't have to do 200 miles an hour. You could do 55 because <laughs> everybody, everybody knows you could do 200 miles an hour. Right. So, <laughs> all right. So now I want to talk about your podcast because, you know, I've, I've listened to every episode twice now. So your number mm -hmm. should be going up. Uh, mm -hmm. Now, I loved your last episode and I loved how, and I want you to tell the story, yeah. how because of certain circumstances, you had to change your the location of your your thing. That, and you said yes. you that your Airbnb and one of your boys called you out on it. Yep. And uh, called you called called you out for your BS, yep. And up and you up leveled. Yeah. So talk to us about having friends that are going to call you out on your BS and how they and how that actually happened to you to make a a better thing than you actually had planned in the first place. Man, such a great question, Richard. So this was, yeah, about about two weeks ago or so. And uh, we were going to Sedona for this Vortex of Abundance retreat. And about three days before the event, the venue that we had scheduled, it was this beautiful valley and uh, vortex site in, in Sedona. And they met, emailed us saying, hey, we can't have you anymore. Sorry. You know, no explanation, no nothing. Just saying you can't come on, on Saturday and host your your group of 20 freaking people right and so we're like oh shoot you know we, we're first like this is bs you know but then we said okay 
what are we going to do? We're me and Brandon Taraco, the, the other facilitator. And we're like, what are we going to do? And so we said, well, we got this Airbnb and it's, it's got a spacious place, got a clubhouse, all this stuff. Like, let's just host it there. Right. And it's, it's like 30, 40 minutes outside of, of Sedona. And, uh, we're like, well, you know, everyone wanted to come to Sedona. So you know, it's okay. It's close. It's close enough. Right. It'll, it'll work. That was, that was the real philosophy there. And we're like, oh, it'll, it'll work. And so about a day before the event on Friday, uh, Jeremy, who is a, one of the speakers and he's, he's done amazing things, worked, helped launch companies and, and just a, a complete epic dude. And uh, there's epic again, right? <laughs> epic, epic human being. And he called Brandon and <laughs> said, Brandon, this is not going to work. You guys got to figure something out. And I, I heard about this afterwards, but um, Brandon was not happy. He's like, we're doing it at the Airbnb. This is what's happening, right? And uh, Jeremy called me or, and I didn't answer. He texted me. He's like, we need to talk right away. And so I called him back and he's like, listen, bro, like I get the the intention that like you got this Airbnb, but it's not okay that you're bringing people to Sedona for the Sedona experience. And you're going to have them like do this workshop in an Airbnb. Come on. You're better than that. You got to, you got to figure this out. You got to get resourceful, call places, do whatever you got to do to make this happen. Because this Airbnb was just, it was, it was not quality. It was, it was just like just it was okay, right? Just getting by. And so I said, man, I, I don't like this energy, Jeremy. I, did, I was thinking to myself, right? I didn't say anything to him. He's like just kind of venting on me. And I'm like, Ugh. and so I was like, okay, man, okay, I'll, I'll make calls. I'll make it happen. And so I get off and I'm still feeling that like, ah, oh, I didn't like that. I don't, I don't like people coming at me like that. And I said, but you know what? He's, he's right. He's, he's got a point. So, uh, and then I started calling, called, I don't know, like half a dozen places. And, and, uh, one of them that called me back was this enchantment resort. And it was, it's like one of the best places that you can stay at in Sedona. It's like $1,500 a night, right? Smack dab in the middle of a vortex. And, uh, they said that, Hey, you know, we have this, this meeting room available. You guys can use it at a discounted rate just cause we, we'd rather have the business than have it go to, to waste basically and have nobody use it. And so we booked it like, I swear, at 5 p.m. And our, our workshop was at 9 a.m. the next day and uh, got it got it in, made it happen. And the, the biggest thing is like Jeremy was so proud. It's where he had first come with his wife when he made the decision to, to live in, in Sedona. So he's like, you know, you don't know what this place means to me. Like the fact that you got this place and made it happen is like speaks volumes as to who you are. And so it was it was just a really transformational event that when I I and Brandon, we were like, hey, we're gonna have a great experience. You know, people are coming, we're gonna, we're gonna do good. Uh, Jeremy called us out and he said, You can do better. And I think that's essential, man. Having those people around us, coaches, mentors, people who have the experience and and can see greatness within us, that they call us forward into our greatness, that they call us forward to figure it out, to get resourceful and to make it happen because that's, that's what it really takes, man. When, when Tony Robbins commits to putting on an event, I'm sure he has hiccups and stuff that doesn't go well, but he's developed himself into a resourceful uh, creator that makes it happen. And so that's, that's who I am. I'm someone who makes it happen. It's who you are, Richard, and who, who we surround ourselves with that can really draw that excellence out of us, brother. Cool. So now I got the last two questions I have. Yeah. Um, how do we find you? Um, how do we find your podcast? How do we find your mastermind? 
and what can we do to support your mission? Boom. What great questions, man. So uh, number one, I'd say I'm most active on Facebook. So you can go to facebook.com forward slash TH3 Burns. You can also just search me, Christopher Burns, and uh, chances are good that I'll, I'll show up. Uh, otherwise, you can go to menmastermind.com. Check out some of the stuff that we got there. If you're interested in, in having a transformational kingmaker session, I do these complimentary calls for guys, men only. My my fiance works with the women. I work with the men. It's great. Great dialogue dynamic. Um, but, uh, if you, if you really want to dive in, get some clarity on what's keeping you stuck, activate your purpose and stuff. Um, then, uh, just shoot me a DM on Facebook, Instagram, I'm at, I am millionaire, Chris. And lastly, the podcast it's, it's mastering the man within. So feel free to search that on Apple podcasts or Spotify, or just go to menmastermind.com forward slash podcast. And you'll be able to find it there and, um, releasing about two episodes a week and just focused on serving, adding value, helping men to level up and master their purpose, their power, and their prosperity so that they can truly master that man within and leave the greatest legacy in this lifetime, brother. I love that. Now, last question, because I and, and I ask a thousand different people and I get a thousand different answers. Yes. We're living in a crazy world. We're living in a COVID world. Yeah. Um, I live in New Jersey, so we're still on lockdown. But wow. you have grandparents, homeschooling kids. You got parents. Some of them are Uber just to pay so they can in their kid's mouth yep. so um if i ask the average person to do something in seven days they're pretty much not likely to get to it mm-hmm. but if i ask somebody to take an actionable step yes. in 24 hours they're more likely to take that step mm. so if there's a, a male i'm saying male out there mm. that wants to become a better man a better father better husband better friend what is something they can do in the next 24 hours to start to take the right steps to manlyhood? Yes. So the first thing that, that they would do, and, and this is a, it's a, it's a two-step, but they're both really important. Okay. So first thing is write down on a piece of paper and speak it out loud. I commit to blank, whatever it is. I commit to being a better father. I commit to being a better man. I commit to growing my income. I commit to, to living a life of purpose, of freedom, of abundance, of prosperity. I commit to letting go of the things that no longer serve me, whatever that is for you. Okay. So number one is make it real, write it down. And number two is share it with someone who you respect, who you trust, who you admire, who, who you look up to, who inspires you, whatever that might be. Okay. And that makes it 10 times more real. So share it with Richard, share it with myself, share it with another coach or accountability partner in your life, but share it, get that off your chest. And then I guarantee if you say I commit anyone, you message this to anyone who's worth their salt in being a leader. If you message someone and say, I commit to being a better man, the best person to that, that you share that with, they should be, again, if they're worth their salt, they should be asking, okay, how, how are you going to do that? You don't need to know the how. Forget the how. Throw that ish away, okay? Doesn't doesn't matter right now. You don't need to know how. But the first thing you need to do is you need to say, I'm committed to this. You get to admit to yourself. You get to have that awareness. You get to have the acceptance that things aren't the way that you want them to be. And it's like life got to where it got to. Don't beat yourself up. Don't keep holding that over yourself. Say, man, I am where I am. Now what? 
And so now what is go tell someone, go first tell yourself, first commit to yourself, because if you're just doing this to go please other people, then you're not going in the right direction, brother. But if you're doing this for yourself and you write that down on a piece of paper, write down a sticky note, put it on your mirror, put it on your computer, put it somewhere where you see it in your car, say, I commit to being a better version of yourself or whatever that fill in the blank is, and then share it with someone, make it real, make it not just in your own head, Put it in reality and then make it real with someone else. Build that agreement, build that conversation, build that level of commitment by sharing it with someone else. So that, that's what I would do, Richard. I love that. Now, I usually I end with that question, but um, I remember I had something I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah. So, uh, the other day you put a post out where you were talking about how somebody that you used to work with didn't want to work with you anymore because of religious yeah. reasons. Yep. Now, now, I'm a man of faith. But I'm also my mind. I would be the the worst person on a jury ever. <laughs> I would listen to the uh, prosecutor. I'd be like, okay, yeah, I get it. And then I would listen to the defense. Go, yeah, okay, I get it. So you know, because like you know, I hear a lot of people. They say you know they complain about Islam. You know, mm, what, yep. but they never read the book. You right, know, they right. never read the Quran. Or, you know, they would complain di about different rel religions and they don't know anything about it. Mm. So talk to us. I mean, because I, you know, I, I love that you have a spiritualness about you. But yes. like you said in that post, you know, there's a lot of people that have spiritualness. So right. talk, you know, talk to us about finding that spiritual power, no matter Ooh. what it is or who yeah. it is. Because, you know, we all obviously, you know, I for me, I know there's a God and I know I'm not him. Yeah. Mm. So talk to mm. us about, you know, if somebody is struggling with their spirituality, what right. can they do to get a little bit more connected to the universe? Yeah. Yeah. Great, great question. So the first thing that I would look to is nature, right? Like go, go, go connect with the closest thing to you. Go sit under a tree, go sit in some grass and on the grass at a park, right? That's if there's anything that is um, a next logical step in, and, uh, help you find answers. I believe all the answers are within Richard. I don't, I don't think that we need to look to a spiritual text to find those answers. Although that helps that, that can accelerate the process. It can give us guidance. It can give us principles and things to live by. I, I read the Bible last year because I was committed to learning and growing my own faith and understanding more about what's in it. Right. Cause I've had all these judgments and, and preconceptions about what's in the Bible. And I was like, I'm going to read this whole dang thing. So I did. And um, I haven't read any other spiritual texts, so I can't really comment on those. But what I discovered personally for me is through my commitment to being uh, open to being used for the highest good in life, right? And again, this can this can be potentially triggering to people. Uh, I've heard people say the road to hell is paved with good intentions, all this stuff. But for me, I, I believe if I'm coming from the right place and saying, you know, God, universe, source, creator, whatever it is, I don't I don't care what the name is. The name doesn't matter to me because words in themselves are already limiting right? Words are limiting. So the word God doesn't even begin to do justice to the essence, to the creator, to the master creator that, that God is. And so um, I think people get hung up on words and get hung up on the semantics and, and whose, whose version of God is right and all this stuff. And um, I also believe personally in Christ consciousness. And I believe that Jesus was a man who, who enacted these 
epic miracles, right? These, these amazing things. And there, I know that there's some passage in the, in the um, Bible that says, you know, everything that I've done, you can do too and more. Right. And I think that that's, that's something that's super profound is that like, yes, Jesus is our, our savior. And I, I believe that this, this, essence, Christ consciousness came to redeem us, came to um, guide us, came to allow us into a better light. Um, so those are my, my personal beliefs. And I also believe that we are all one thing, right? Like we, we all come from oneness. I believe in quantum physics and things like that. And ultimately, uh, whatever God created, that we are a part of that. We are, we are the, the fingers and arms and feet of God, you know, extensions of God. And so I don't believe that we're separate from God personally. I think that we're all, all connected and from that original source and creator. And, and that's why the Christ consciousness can perform these miracles that are unexplainable because God can perform miracles that are unexplainable. So God is channeling through that Christ consciousness. And uh, I believe that we all have the ability to tap into that at will, even though um, society has probably programmed a lot of people to think that we can't and, and write that word can't. Um, so I, I really strive to be open. And also with the other faiths that are going on in the world, I think everyone has their experience and has their cultures and has their um, meaning that they've given things. And everything in human existence, whatever we've codified or brought language to or uh, journaled about or written about or whatever, it has all been an interpretation, right? It all, it's all, we all gave something meaning. Something happened, you know, uh, some, uh, these, these stone tablets got carved and we gave it meaning. We made it mean that's the word of God or whatever, right? Maybe some other people gave other meaning to that. Um, so I think that's the key is that we are meaning making machines. Human beings are, that's, that's what we do. Like we can't possibly process all the information that's coming out us. We, in NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, they talk, talk about how we delete, we distort, and we generalize information so that our brains can actually process everything that's going on. Now our subconscious mind can handle way more than the conscious mind. Uh, but ultimately I, I look at these other faiths and I say, man, if they're so like passionate and lit up by this, and if they're living the best version of their life that they can see and being good people and serving their, their brothers and their sisters and their community, like who am I to tell them that they're wrong, right? Like who am I to, to come in and say, no, you shouldn't do it that way. You should do it this way. I'm going to be sharing my perspective and my beliefs in the aspiration that maybe my, my words of inspiration, my words of faith uh, inspire someone to get curious, to, to, to feel into what's true for them. I hope, I hope people go out into nature more because of this conversation. I hope people open up more and accept our brothers and sisters, regardless of their faith or religion um, and spirituality more, because we don't need more division we get to have more unity, more love, more people coming together and collaborating to reverse a lot of the BS that's been going on in this world. And there's a lot of BS and it's time that we really step up and take that 100% personal responsibility and create the life of our dreams, man. That's that's We all have that ability. It's ultimately about us aligning in that vision of saying, if it is to be, it's up to me. And I'm going to make this happen with my brothers and sisters to live in the, the best world possible. And so the more people we ignite to that level of consciousness and commitment and vision, then I believe uh, the faster it will happen, man. I love that. Um, guys, if you if you love this conversation, uh, please leave a comment so that we know. Um, and this way I'll get it to Chris. If, there, if you have any thoughts about the show, how it went, please review us because that's we do all this for free. 
we don't charge anybody. And that's the only way, only payment that I ask is just that you leave a review and a comment to say if we're doing a good job or not. Definitely check out Mastering the Man Within podcast. It's truly amazing. And if you do, if you're a guy like me and you want to start getting back on the right track, definitely check check out his membership and his mastermind program. Chris, brother, thank you so much. I'm so grateful for you. And thank you for being in my inner circle. I love you, dude. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for the impact that you're making, Richard, uh, and and your journey, man. Your your journey of recovery, your journey of of overcoming whatever obstacle that's freaking put in your way, man. And by the way, the the clock just hit one eleven eleven. I love alignment. I love synchronicity. So, dude, it's it's the truth, man. You're you're really bringing a lot of light and a lot of love to this world, Richard. So it's an honor to be on this journey with you, brother. I love you, man, and uh, excited for even more moving forward. And you're definitely coming on the Mastering the Man Within podcast, bro. Have an amazing week and kiss your beautiful bride. I will. All right, brother. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.